We are live. Welcome back, everybody. We got another episode for you dropping today for the boys. I'm your host, Robert Brandt. I've got my buds, my broskies back with me. I've got Dylan and Justin here to mix it up. We have a lot to talk about. This was a crazy weekend of sports. Dylan, I know you're having a rough day, man, but how was your weekend? Weekend was fun. So I had a three-day weekend. Uh, thankfully, one of my coworkers was nice enough to take my Saturday shift. So I was able to watch a full, what seems like 14 hours of college football. And then the very next day, I watched another 10 hours of NFL football. And for those of you that don't consume that much on a weekly basis, it is not easy. It is... <laughs> It is very tough. I will say, I yet again, because I predicted the Sunday night game to be kind of up in the air. Now, Brittany, uh, my girlfriend and I did watch that game. We watched uh, the all the way up to halftime, but then we started uh, the fabulous Yellowstone, and that's where my weekend ended on the ranch of Helena, Montana, dealing with the Dutton family. <laughs> What a show. What an intro. Listen, if you haven't started watching Yellowstone, what are you doing with your life? Like, seriously, what are you doing? Dylan, are you caught up? Are you on season four yet? Uh, just started season two last night, and I hate that my girlfriend's going to hear this, but honey, I stayed up all night watching the rest of the first season, <laughs> and I don't regret it. But thankfully, I get to watch it re- or rewatch it with you. But yeah. it, it happened. It, I, I stayed up all night watching Dude, you can you can watch that show over and over again. It's freaking awesome. I'd say top ten all time, top five right now easily. I know Justin hasn't watched it, but that's neither here nor there. He's still the man. Justin, I know you had a lot going on. I can hear babies crying in the background. A couple of dogs, bro. How was your weekend, man? Yeah, man. I didn't watch Yellowstone. Um, I spent my Sunday evening coming back from Philadelphia, where I got uh, free tickets to see the birds take on the chargers so that was a really uh, nice last minute surprise um the stomach bug going around the fam uh, my son was explosive out of the the mouth region <laughs> and i got a text a little texty text late night saturday from my dear friend alex shout out alex a listener of the pod and he was like hey we have an extra ticket to the eagles chargers game you want to go and i was like how much he said free 99 i said i'm in <laughs> so so yeah man it was it was a good weekend despite the l um and i'm excited to kind of share with you guys my uh, adventures into what is the fabulous city of philadelphia dude let's go right into that cuz that was a great game that was <laughs> one of the most entertaining games of the day you had herbert you had hurts the battle of the h's and to be honest, you know, I know that line was really close. A lot of people predicted it to kind of be anybody's game. I did not think it was going to go that way. So, so walk us through this. You're just, you're chilling. You have no idea you're getting the tickets. When did you find out you were going? And, you know, you said free. Was it really free? Where were your seats? What was it like at the link? You know, what, what was it like after a COVID year to be back there with fans? Yeah, man. It was so it was late Saturday. Alex texted me. It was literally almost midnight and he, he was like, Hey, we have an extra ticket. He was going with his girlfriend, his girlfriend's dad and himself, and they had to buy four for whatever reason. So I got the extra ticket. Lucky me. Um so Alex and I we head to to Lancaster to meet up with his girlfriend and her dad. Then we go to Philly. Um tailgate a little bit, nothing too crazy. 
Um, throw back a few brewskis. I almost pissed myself. Um, that was fun. They have porta potties in the they park. Do, lot, they do, but those lines were vicious. And I just kept thinking, oh, the next one will be better. The next one will be better. <laughs> they were never better. They were never better. Good friend Jacob Nickel, also at the game. I texted this man because he told me he was going to that game um, early Saturday. I hit him up late, late Saturday. I was like, yo, I'm actually going to the game now. This man did not get what I was talking about. Completely disregarded my text and started talking to me about other crap. And then his girlfriend texted me while we're there of him in an Eagles shirt. He is not an Eagles fan. No, he's and not. I was like, oh, nope. shit, I'm at the game. And she's like, liar. And I was like, nope, here's me at the game. And she's like, what the hell? Why didn't you tell us? And Nickel texts me mad as hell he's like why did you not tell me i was like dude i did um so that was funny so got to meet up with nickel at halftime that was cool but yeah man great seats great weather for some football we sat section like 115 so that nice lower bowl region and yeah man it was fun um i mean we all know how the game went it was kind of a it was a tight race until the end obviously herbie was he was ridiculous, man. He was everything that we love about him. It's a shame it comes against the birds, but that dude, I think, might have had four incomplete passes. He probably could have threw a perfect game, which is unbelievable. And he just, you know, Hurts drives down, dials up a nice play to Devontae to tie tie the game up late. And then apparently six minutes on the clock is just too much time. Too much time for the Chargers to have <laughs> because they milked the whole damn thing, kicked yeah. the three with two seconds left, and – so that was unfortunate, but it was a fun game. You know, just some things I saw from a fan's perspective of being there. It was nice to see one running the ball, but I was I was happy to see us mixing in some throws there, getting Devontae involved, attacking those two backup cornerbacks they had on both sides of the field for the Chargers with their two starters out. So that was fun. I did enjoy that. I love to see six thrive. But my my biggest takeaway and biggest frustration I had from being present at this game and i you only get this because i was present there i wouldn't have got this from my tv screen anything like that from commentary nothing the biggest takeaway is how moronic philly fans can be it, it blows my mind it, it honestly blows my mind because last year or two years ago last year whenever it was there was always just like we want foals we want wins blah 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 Foles leaves. We extend Wentz. And then it's just everything he did was nitpicky. They wanted him out of town last year. They were calling for his head. Thank God there was no fans last year because I don't even know what the Boo Birds would have been doing every week. But now I'm in the stands and everything Hurts did perceivingly wrong was met with comments of Wentz would have made that throw. Carson would have made that throw. And I'm just like, what are we talking about here, people? Like you wanted Wentz out of town. I was not one of those people, and I will proudly say that I did not want Wentz to be traded, but most of Philadelphia did. If you had a Twitter poll that said, do you want to trade Carson Wentz, yes or no, I would say 85% are saying yes. At least, yeah. And it's just amazing, man. It's amazing how critical the fan base is, no matter who is under center, no matter what is going on. I mean, Hertz had a, a fine game. He did not lose that game. The person that should have been having their head called for is Jonathan Gannon. This dude's defense is softer than my son's shit. It's amazing. Like we should have a segment called like Jonathan Gannon's daddy diapers because this dude, (laughs) it's just baby, baby poop soft, man. It's incredible how just in front of you, everything is, it's just six yards, six yards, six yards, six yards, all the way down the field. You can't stop it. I think 
We never forced a punt. I, if we saw a quarterback hurry, if there was a quarterback hurry, I didn't see it. No sacks, just absolutely no pressure. And then, oh, here's another fun, fun thing. You have just people mocking Slay in the crowd. I don't know why Philadelphia fans hate Darius Slay. Oh, he yeah, got hurt too. Right, but he gave up the the big play to Mike Williams. So what? That, but dude. hear me out, dude. Hear okay, me out. That's yeah, a, that was a dime. That was, that a, was great, a dart. That was the throw. best throw of the game. Yes. It was 60 yards was, in the air. Yeah, you could not defend that ball better than he, he did. Hurt. He was on his hip. Yeah, In his he, hip pocket. He, yeah, and he had the hammy issue too. But, dude, it's just constant mockery of him. Like, oh, big play slay, big play slay. There he goes again. I'm like, dude, he's been lights out all season, and you guys have no reason to boo him. It's no. just it's just crazy, man. It's it's so frustrating how unsatisfied this fan base is. I thought the Super Bowl would have helped with these issues, but here we are. And then my favorite thing is I'm going home. Um, I'm in the passenger seat, thank God, not driving in that Philly bullshit traffic. <laughs> and apparently, Elliot Shores Park, shout out to you, just kidding, you're a douche. Um, <laughs> he goes on radio. He's just trashing Hurts for this game. He's blaming Jalen for this L. Wow. Merrill Reese... The radio call, long time voice of the goat. Eagles, calls into the show, demands Stop the it. producers to put him on on air Let's with go. Elliot, and he just starts going in on him. He's like, "How dare you go at Hertz after the performance he put out there?" This man was flipping for first downs, flipping yeah, for first downs, literally his body on the line. And dude, it, it was it was great to see Merrill stand up for Jalen. I haven't always been the biggest supporter, but the dude has heart. And that L was not on him. He did what he could to keep us in that game. He left that field with a tie game. So that's kind of my rant, my my long rant. Um, oh, other funny story. Um, I did. I, there was a decent amount of Chargers fans there, which is surprising. But I never saw any hostility like I probably would have like five years ago, which is amazing. Yeah, I did see three Chargers fans probably like three sections over get kicked out for like security came to their section like three, four times. His girlfriend's throwing like cheese at some other (laughs) dude. Dude, it was crazy. And they finally got they got the boot. Everyone's chanting asshole at him as security's taking him out. (laughs) It was hilarious. But all in all, great to be at the link. Super happy to be back there off after an off year. I usually make try to make the one game a year and. It was dude, the link was the link was hype. It was full. It was pop. It was yeah, dude. It was a good time, man. It's great to be back at the link besides all the dipshits that surround you there. But it was a good time nonetheless. Yeah, it's uh it's it's par for the course with Philly that thinking and using logic when it comes to uh, things that they say about the football team are not something that they do very well. It's not something they do very often. I'm just surprised there was nobody fighting in the stands because every time I've gone, there's either like some obnoxious drunk, like yelling obscenities at an eight year old girl with the wrong jersey on, like two rows in front of me, or there's some guy that thinks it's funny to like throw popcorn at the guy wearing the other jersey in front of him all the whole time. So, you know, it sounds like maybe we're evolving. Well, know. there was a fan did throw a bouquet of flowers at Sirianni because of his whole flower comment early in the week, which oh isn't, which is ridiculous, man. No <laughs> one deserves that, no matter how you feel. Nah, dude, um, chill. <laughs> but I do have another funny. This is a classic Phillies fan, or Philly fan, not Phillies fan. Could be hand in hand here, but I'm sitting there. I got like two empty seats next to me. This dude comes in late first quarter. He goes, "Hey, man, what's the score?" I'm like, "It's right there, bro." Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> And he's like, he was like, how's Miles looking? I'm like, he's been out for two weeks. (laughs) 
I'm like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> I, this is no joke, dude. No joke. He's there for all about like six minutes, complains about how we don't run the ball, uh-huh. and then leaves to go get Chicky and Pete's, comes back with like t- like the two-minute warning at half. <laughs> It was he's ridiculous. Like, what, he's like, what's the score? <laughs> no, no joke, man. It was, it was insane. It was the most classic, like, Eagles fan thing. The Like, the crazy, like, Jersey-Philly combo accent. He was, like, texting some, like, Tinder chick, it seemed. Dude, it was super funny. Like, I was reading their conversation. It was great. <laughs> classic. Yeah, man. I got to love live football action. What a classic. Man, I haven't made it to any games, but – I would have liked to have been at that one because we are a Herbie pod. Justin, you and I are also, you know, Hurts fans. So what a game to go to. Dylan, I know you got to watch a little bit of this. What what did you see from this game that impressed you from both of these quarterbacks? And uh, what do you think the future holds for these both of these teams as they try to move forward in their divisions? Well, uh, right after the game ended, you know, I remember texting in our group text that that game was just wildly entertaining. Like yeah. everything, like, you know, when both offenses were on the, on the field, I mean, just magic was happening, you know, with Justin Herbert, you know, <laughs> I think Justin Herbert listens to our podcast. And I love that because I just said he needs to play better. And then he goes out and he does that. And this is after I'm talking about, we should possibly burn his shirts. So I think Justin Herbert listens to our podcast and I love that. Well, it was we either you or yeah, it was that it was me professing my love for him. Remember? Could have been that. Well, e- either way, Justin, we're just so happy that you listen to us and you take time out of your day to, <laughs> to listen to, to us. Uh, but anyway, getting back to point, um, I was blown away by this game, not just from Justin Herbert's perspective, but also Jalen Hurts. Um, I'm really happy that you told me that the main Philly reporter called in to a, another Philly reporter and laid fire into his ass because – Jalen Hurts over the last two weeks, and this is when Pete, and this is two weeks like prior, or I'm sorry, this is two weeks a little bit after everyone's kind of just, you know, disregarding him as a franchise quarterback. Everyone's like, oh, I don't know. He doesn't really have it. He's not really doing this. He's not really doing that. Well, the last two weeks, he's put together two respectable games, and the offense is clicking, and, you know, they're putting up points, whereas earlier they weren't. They would be, they would be put in, you know, stale situations of very predictable formations. And, you know, even the, and obviously from what y'all are pointing out, the defense isn't stopping anybody. So that's not a lot of recipe for a lot of winning games. But I'm really happy as far as the future of the league because we already know Justin Herbert is one of the young faces. If he has a potential dark horse MVP finish to this season, I feel like he'll be on the same kind of tier level as Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, and he'll just be, you know, another young face for the league. Jalen Hurts, I really, and I've been banging the table, and I'm going to keep banging the table. Y'all need to invest in him. Don't worry about Deshaun Watson. Those three draft picks y'all have, hell, I mean, y'all, y'all sent me a mock draft earlier of – the top, what, I think the top, like, four or five picks. So, obviously, you can't tell me that you're not thinking about those top ten picks already. You can't tell me that, gentlemen. You just can't. So, invest those picks with Jalen Hurts. You can get a a Derek Singletary from LSU. You can get a Kyle Hamilton from 
uh, Notre Dame. You can get an off, the big offensive lineman, Evan Neal, from Alabama. You know, I, I told you on the group message, Kayvon Thibodeau is not getting to you. But if he were to get to you, well, Derek Barnett's holding a help-wanted sign out in front of the link. And, <laughs> you know, just these are things that you need to do with a young nucleus quarterback that's now gaining rhythm with other playmakers. I mean, y'all, he's making Jordan Howard relevant. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. And, you know, obviously with the Slim Reaper now catching another touchdown and, you know, finding that rhythm, that this is just another building block. At this point, Philly fans and y'all, I hate to say, at this point it should not be about wins. It should literally be about progression and just showing that you can compete and that there's something there to build on. Wins right now – kind of out the door there's no way you're winning division now Dallas did stumble with Denver and I believe we'll talk about that here in a little while but right now I feel like it should just be keep installing confidence into Jalen Hurts and as he'll hopefully continue to play better like he has these couple weeks he'll even show during the second half of the season that you need to take those top picks and instead of just giving all of them to one organization and getting Deshaun Watson back you take those picks, you take three instant starters from this draft, and now you're back in the conversation. I love it. I mean, that's exactly what we did talk about. You, me, Justin, we talked about this a little bit today. I think that's what you have to do. I think if you're a smart franchise, I think if Jeff Lurie has any sense about him, that he will obviously stick with Hurts, stick with him through the end of the year. Don't even think about benching him. See what you've got next year as well. You've got him on a very cheap rookie salary. He's build around him. for peanuts, ladies yes. and gentlemen, peanuts. For nothing. So build around him, and then you can look towards 2023. If you need to at that point, you will have seen enough to know that he's not the guy or he is the guy. Stick with him. Philly fans, be patient. This was a great game. It sucks that we came out on the wrong end. Justin, it sucks that you got to go see such an amazing game in person, and we did lose that one. I'm starting to think maybe you're bad luck. I don't know. Whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I have never – that's my first in-person loss that I've ever seen the link. Fact. Okay, I've okay. I've never been to a game in which we lost. That was the first one. Fun so, fact, uh, Alex – Alex is the uh, bad luck charm. Shout out Alex for making us lose that game. You guys, really quickly, we got to get rolling, but I do want to talk about Herbert and the Chargers. He did look good in this game. That throw that we just talked about a little bit earlier where Mike Williams beat Darius Slade, that was a long developing play. Herbert threw that ball from, I want to say it was like the 25 or 20-yard line over to like the 20 yard line or 18 yard line. It was almost a 60 yard ball in the air. He threw it on an absolute rope. It was not a little flutter ball. That thing was in there. It was got there really quickly. Great throw, great coverage by Slay, but we see this from him over and over again. Both the quarterbacks played really, really well. However, I got to take, I got to take you guys. I don't think oh, the Chargers team, I don't think they're very good. I know that they just beat a Philly, uh, an Eagles team on the road, but Again, they kind of seem to play down to their competition. This is an Eagles team that was under 500. I don't think that long-term the Chargers can sustain playing football the way that they play. I think that that defense is an absolute mess, and I don't see things getting any better. I think that because of Herbert, they have a chance to win that division. I don't see them going very far in the playoffs. If I could get your guys' takes on that and, and what you think. 
Um, man, that's tough because I am so pro. Dude, I'm like a closet Chargers fan, I swear. <laughs> like, Keenan Allen's one of my favorite players. He has been for years. Herbie's up there. It's Der- Derwin James. Love him, too. But, like, yeah, he's nasty. It's tough. Their, it, their defense is very, very banged up. I would like to see their secondary healthy and how that plays into this. Um, I think. Man, their offense is just so elite level. It's crazy that we're having this conversation. It, oh God, this is tough. This is. I mean, feel you know, about. feel free if to be on helps. the other side of this. Feel free if, to be if, on the other if, side. If, if it helps, I have their schedule pulled up, and if that helps, G- give me their next three games. Their next three, yeah, yeah. just three. That's perfect because I was gonna just dive into that. All right, y'all. The next three games, hosting the Vikings. Primetime hosting Steelers at Denver. That sounds like three wins to me. Bold up, baby. Exactly. Yeah. So they go from five to three, and now they're eight and three. Stop I think, it. You I guys think, are discounting Denver at Denver, which is a divisional opponent. You can't discount that. I, I think what where I see confidence in them is how much I view the Chiefs as being a fallen like icon in the league. You know what I mean? I don't think we'll there's not even a hot take at this point. Yeah, I'm not going to get into yeah, that. We'll I just don't think later. the Chiefs are good. I think the Chargers can take big time advantage of the Chiefs fall from grace along with the Raiders like just circus of media attention they have around them yeah. and a Denver team who I don't know who they are. I think they I think Denver can be really really good, but I don't think they're going to compete for the division this year. So I think the Chargers can take big time advantage of that. And you know they could they could end up with eleven wins easily. I think I don't I don't see any problem with that. And I think they can make some noise. It's just what version of the defense is going to show up and how. I think the key in all of it is if they can get both big name receivers involved. They can't just have it being the Keenan Allen show or the Mike Williams show like it was at the beginning of the year. It needs to be both of them involved and getting Eckler involved in all facets of the game. That offense is just too elite to not be good, in my opinion. This this past Sunday, they kind of beat y'all at your own game. So they actually got the tight ends involved in this past oh, game yeah. more than they did all weird. season. Jared Cook and Donald Parham are, you know, one of the predominant reasons that Justin Herbert has the intermediate passing game to a T. And, you know, obviously the Eagles linebackers aren't in space or don't have the space awareness to really, you know, cover something like that. And so they they really took a playbook out of the from the Eagles and they went with the two tight end formation a lot and it obviously it produced well. Middle of the field, man. The Eagles cannot defend the middle of the field. Keenan Allen had like twelve receptions all in the middle of the field. It's, and thirteen targets. So that's yeah. that's a problem. When you get yeah. thirteen looks and you're catching twelve of them, that's a problem. Yep. Sorry, I know, I know we got to move on, but still, no, you're good, this man. Game we're was having so a, entertaining. Yeah, exactly. We're we're having a conversation. That's what we do. You know, we can just stay in the division. Let's just go right to it. The Chiefs. The Chiefs Fantastic. are an absolute mess. So you guys touched on it. So here we go. We had Packers and Chiefs. This was a game where. Uh, I I don't I don't remember the chief, the Chiefs were favored by a lot. We all heard the news. Aaron Rodgers test positive. He can't play. That's what we're going to say about that. But they have all their weapons back. So this is a chance for us to see the Jordan Love show. Who is Jordan Love? What is a Jordan Love? Can he play football? And honestly, I got to watch that whole game as most of us did. I didn't think he looked that bad for 
the first or second time playing a full game in the NFL in years. He's just been sitting on the bench waiting for Rodgers to leave. That has not happened. It also shows you the difference that a player like Aaron Rodgers makes. That offense could not really get anything going, and every time they did, they seemed to stall out. But this is much more you know, a disaster by the Chiefs who escaped with a 13-7 to win in Arrowhead without Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what's going on, man? Kelsey looks – Kelsey, I've never seen Travis Kelsey look less interested in a football game than I saw him at times. I'd see him, like, shaking his head on, like, a missed ball from Mahomes or miscommunication. I just – I didn't feel the buzz, and I don't know what's ailing this team. Somebody help me figure it out. Yeah, it, it, I think it's tough to pinpoint, man. I've seen it for weeks, um, even going back to that Giants game on what I believe was Monday night um, last week. It just, I, I don't recognize this team. I, there's no life to this team. They're still trying to do this, like, just nonsensical, like, backyard tomfoolery plays that are just, you can't get cute when you're not convincingly winning games. That's my problem. And even when they're doing it, it doesn't look like they're having fun anymore. I don't see that life, that energy, that bounce that Kelsey, that Tyree Kill typically have. You know, the Honey Badger, you normally see him back there jawing, talking his game. And he's more finger pointing at just people blowing coverages. It's it's just a weird time in Kansas City. I cannot believe the team that they are becoming right in front of our eyes on a weekly basis. Every week, I think, oh, this is the week they'll bounce back. This is the week. No Aaron Rodgers, man, they're going to kill him. And they just don't. They just don't do what you expect. They're not putting up points. Patrick Mahomes looks like a middle-of-the-road dude right now. I I don't recognize the former MVP. I don't recognize this former Super Bowl champion. I don't recognize the Kansas City Chiefs at all right now. If Aaron freaking Rodgers plays this game, then they blow out the Chiefs. Like, this game is over at halftime, and it's not even close. Yeah. That's why I couldn't wait to get into this game because – and for those of you that didn't – for those of you that didn't have to sit through this god-awful game – It was and, bad. And, you know, the listeners know that if it's a shit game, guess what? I'm probably not going to watch it. But I was just interested in this game because of the storylines and because of everything else, what you were talking about. But this was a shit game. Yeah. This was awful. And you have to literally sit there and watch Aaron Rodgers' check just get, you know, fatter and fatter and fatter (laughs) and fatter of how bad Jordan Love looks. Okay. And now the thing is, it's one thing if someone puts us in a position to fail, because that's on the other person, I believe. They put you in a position where you, no matter how great you are, you cannot succeed. It's a whole other deal. When you're essentially given the tools to succeed, everything around you elevates and succeeds, but you don't because you didn't put in the time. Different story. That's a you thing. That's not an organization thing. Jordan Love has had what seems like uh, – well, I mean, even last year when he didn't have the pre preseason, it doesn't matter. He still didn't play, and he got to watch every single snap of Aaron freaking Rodgers. And – he still does that? Bro. Does what? Bro. That? <laughs> that. Like, and even that's an insult to that. <laughs> like, th- that, that's the product that you put out, Green Bay. That. Yeah. For America, that, good to know. 
Aaron Rodgers, bro, sit back and enjoy your COVID. Sit back because <laughs> your job's safe. Your bank yeah. is going to get so much bigger. And who knows? O- Odell Beckham Jr. may be on the team by the time this podcast airs out. I mean, if I'm Brian Gutenkunz and Mark Murphy, like I see that and I see the product that I traded up for that essentially gave Aaron freaking Rodgers a stopwatch to his career, and that happens. Man, man, this was a shit game to watch, but for those that love petty and passive-aggressive comments, (laughs) snarky behavior, and narcissistic tendencies, you loved watching this game. (laughs) Because every bit of that grows. Every bit of the illusion of Aaron freaking Rodgers grows. The say-so grows. The suave grows. And, hell, the nuts grow, too. Like, Aaron Rodgers can walk into that office and throw his nuts on that table and say, I want this. And they're inclined to give it to him, staring at his nuts, which has got to be a whole awkward <laughs> So a lot of eye contact. It's That's a weird. lot of eye contact. It's yeah, weird, it's but, just you have to, weird. but you ha- but you have to submit. You have to submit to his nuts. That's the worst part because so of bigger. What, no, because of what you just saw. The replacement that's supposed to take Aaron Rodgers' job, like, and it's not just him that, that suffered. The offensive line just couldn't block. Aaron Jones couldn't get going. Devontae Adams is getting overthrown, and even the catches that he's making, like that's just because he's just an elite receiver. He just knows how to separate. It's not Jordan Love throwing him open. Jordan Love, from what I saw as a non-Packer fan, I love because that just means that that spotlight on that team is going to get even bigger because right now it's probably very likely that Aaron Rodgers is not going to play next week against Seattle which means that Jordan Love plays again. That might be the game that I'm looking forward to watching next week, simply because of storyline and petty behavior. You got you got two two uh, favorite storylines to watch in that game if Rodgers doesn't play. Your your petty your favoritism towards pettiness and your uh, your campaign to get Pete Carroll fired. Which one's more <laughs> important? Which one's more important to you, petty hope, or the campaign? Yeah. I hope the game uh, with that game. I hope it ends in a tie. <laughs> yes, let's root for a tie. Let's be honest. If there's if there is a tie that I root for, it's that game right there. Everyone has to sit through sixty minutes of god awful football watching, and not only that, they get an additional fifteen minutes to remind everyone how god awful <laughs> this is, and it just comes down to a final second field goal that you guessed it, Seattle misses. Plot twist. At the end of the tie, you put Pete Carroll and Jordan Love in the middle of an Oklahoma drill, and the winner wins the game. And that's how we decided. I think, I think Pete Carroll would die. <laughs> He's really old, dude. He's really old. He's fragile. <laughs> fragile. I was we like, we got to move fragile. on, man. I'm, I'm already hot. We got to get high. He, he, pro- he may have taken his shirt off at this point. Yeah, Miller, Dylan, Miller's okay. fanning him, <laughs> licking the sweat off his brow. Miller has been following me pacing, like so. Even he's concerned about what's going on. Right he's now. very nervous. When Hulk get mad, Hulk smash. And if Hulk smash, we can't do the podcast. So, you know, we need to calm you down, man. I love it though. I love the energy. This is what you get when Dylan works an entire shift, guys. And five minutes into his shift, he's already ready to curse out all the customers. He comes home. And he just blows a gasket. And this is what we get. We get energy. I love it, man. Listen, 
I kind of think you were a little bit harsh on Jordan Love, but I will take it. I will accept it. That product was awful. A couple of fun facts, guys, just you know, for people to showcase how terrible this game was. <clears throat> Jordan Love had more passing yards than Patrick Mahomes. You heard that right. Jordan Love had 190 passing yards, and Patrick Mahomes had 166 for the game. You guys remember when Mahomes would do that in one quarter? I do. It was like, you know, last year and all the years before. Uh, the Packers also outgained the Chiefs 301 to 237 in that game, had more first downs than them, basically were better than them, except for on third down. Neither team was really good. It came down to the interception and the fumble lost. That's the story of the game. Honestly, if the Packers don't make two turnovers, they win that game. So that's just one garbage team beating another garbage team at that point. But thank God that's over. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the Chiefs. Like I said, the Chargers are in a prime position because even though I don't think that team is the best team in the league, they kind of can just walk in and win that division. The chaos that is the Las Vegas Raiders, the uncertainty that is the Denver Broncos with Pat Shermer running that offense straight into the ground every week, you know, and now the hapless Chiefs who can't score 21 points. It's it's pretty much the Chargers division, you guys, but I can't wait for the Fire Pete Carroll segment. We'll do that next week. Always a lot of fun. You guys, let's talk about another team, you know, that's on the opposite side, a team that keeps winning. It's from your city, your team, your town. The Nashville Titans absolutely destroyed the Rams. And uh, I don't know who saw this one coming. Maybe you, Dylan, because I didn't. I thought that the Rams would win this game. I thought it would be close. I didn't think the Titans would go into L.A. and uh, beat them in prime time. But, I mean, guys, Matthew Stafford, I guess with the clocks turning backwards, you know, fallback Jack, he just kind of turned into a pumpkin. And that pumpkin was in the shape of Carson Wentz because he threw – two of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. It's like it just goes from one to the other. When you play the Titans, you throw interceptions. And at that point, it was over. The Rams wasted a very good interception by Jalen Ramsey, who kind of predicted that exact play pregame. He predicted that Tannehill leaves a lot of his throws to the outside. He leaves them either short or he throws them too far inside. He jumped that route. It was beautiful. And then Stafford was like, watch this. Uh, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a worse performance from a McVay-led team. Justin, are the Rams, you know, are the Rams falling apart, or is this just the Titans are one of the best teams in the league? I wouldn't say the Rams are falling apart. I still think the Rams are a team that terrify me in terms of if I'm another NFC playoff contender. I think that Stafford went for Halloween this year. Stafford went as Carson Wentz doing his best <laughs> Carson Wentz, silly interception. Um, he did a good job. I, did, I didn't know who was with that helicopter pick that he did. It was crazy. It was absolutely insane. I've never seen Stafford look that silly, especially this season, but I give more credit to the Titans, man, to one overcome the, what could be a derailing injury in losing what I think Dylan quoted as last week, like 30 plus percent of their offense in Derrick Henry. They lose that probably for the year. You got old man Jenkins in the backfield with Adrian Peterson and Hey, he scored a touchdown. Shout out to him for that. But I think the impressive part about this Titans team is how much their defense has turned it up. 
And man, they yeah. got a lot of pressure. Um, Jeffrey Simmons, Simons. I never know how to pronounce his name. I'm the worst with the Simmons Simons <laughs> name. It's so, it's like my flaw. It's a, it's a big flaw of mine that I don't know if your name is Simmons or Simons, but <laughs> that dude has been a monster up front. They're getting a ton of pressure. They got the staff, they got in his face. They forced those silly turnovers the defense is looking active. That's not something we can say about a Titans team from last year, even the year before they weren't always, that's not what they were known for. But that's how they're getting it done this year. That's their biggest difference in certain weeks. Tannehill hasn't been that world mover. A.J. Brown's been a ghost at times. Julio's been a ghost at times. And now no Derrick Henry. Well, this defense has stepped up big time against a big, tough opponent in the Rams, in Los Angeles. And, man, they did a hell of a job. So I think that is that's the biggest takeaway from this game. I'm not concerned about the Rams. I'm just more impressed by the Titans. My team that I have uh, preseason money is AFC champion tighten up. Yeah, man. Everybody woke up on Sunday, ready to tighten the F up. I'm sorry. I know we're trying to dial back. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, whoa, whoa. We have families that listen to this. Think now. about like the children, Dylan. Yes. Yes. So that's why, you know, so, so we are Titan AF as they, that they are going to say. Time but um, it was a big day for Jeffrey Simmons, the interior <laughs> defensive. Not a problem. Uh, he is just the second interior defensive lineman since Calais Campbell did this in 2017. He's the first – or I'm sorry, yeah, the first second – or he's the first to do this since Calais Campbell. He has had six pressures, three sacks, and a single half. And where Stafford was under pressure on eight of his first 20 dropbacks, so 40%, and Jeffrey Simmons was just bringing the heat. And it's, you know, Justin already kind of pointed it out to it as well. It's the Titans' defense, where right now it's kind of dumb to not say that the mayor of Murfreesboro, Mr. Kevin Byard, why is he not in conversation for defensive player of the year either? He is single-handedly – him and Jeffrey Simmons and Harold Landry, because not Rashawn Evans anymore, those three, they're the ones that are the leadership within the defense. Yeah. And I think uh, Kevin Byard even um, said it correctly um, in, his in-, in his post-game interview. He said, we're a resilient bunch. We're not trying to prove anybody wrong. We're just trying to prove ourselves right. So there's a belief in that locker room – that there's some bad MFers, that they can compete with anybody, they can do whatever they want to do, and they can win football games. They can kick ass and take names, and they're just going to leave. And, I mean, there's a belief, even after the Derrick Henry injury. Like, this Titans team is believing that they can take on anybody. Derrick Henry goes down, oh, well, step up. Now, it doesn't hurt that Matt Stafford gave the Titans – 14 points correct you know like gave it to them gave it to you know so him getting sacked you know right as the i believe that was the first possession of the rams and then obviously almost taking a safety but just throwing a huck it chuck it football up and then you know it just happens to land in the basket of david long and you know so again that's that's already a 14 point 14 point you know lead and then obviously when ap scores in it's just, you know, eventually that adds up. 
at the score at halftime, ladies and gentlemen, in case you didn't know, it was 21 to three. The Titans were manhandling the Rams, manhandling them. And uh, that's why I just stopped watching the game at halftime because I was like, this is over. Like the Titans are, Titans defensive line was clearly better than the Rams offensive line. And Jeffrey Simmons was leading the way and just showing not only everyone in the 615 in the great city of Nashville, but showing everyone that's watching Sunday Night Football, take these Titans seriously. They are Tennessee tough. They wake up and they just grab their lunch pail, punch in, go to work, clock out, go home. That is their mentality. That is their mindset. That's just what they're sticking with. It's a good time to be a Titan fan right now. And I'm actually going to the Tennessee-New Orleans Saints game next week, so I'm even more excited about that game. Wow, weird flex, but okay. Uh, didn't see an invite for the boys there, Dylan. You know? <laughs> but <laughs> No. He <laughs> said, yeah. I mean. Yeah, y- you know. y- y'all, are co- y'all are coming down here in uh, December. So we are. Uh, yeah, in case anyone uh, didn't know, uh, the, the boys will be joining me here in Nashville for a what could be a live podcast and yeah but getting back to more important matters we'll discuss that way down the line but yeah it's a good time to be a titan fan right now and hell tennessee pulled off the upset against kentucky so if anything it's just a good time to be a tennessee fan it is it's a great time you actually called that dylan we called that we believe in hendon hooker and, uh, Rocky top, you'll always be <laughs> home sweet home to me. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, I actually, I, I actually know the. I say, I actually know the song. So I felt do like not I sing that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we're done. No more singing. You're we're out. Gonna, we're gonna get the promo of like the little like sing along. <laughs> it's like follows. It's like the freaking Tennessee logo like bopping with the words. That's what we're gonna have for this. Yeah, that's how, that's how they show it at the game. You you, you joke, but that's just how people <laughs> learn the song. That's how. I, that's how. I, that's how. I, that's how I learned it. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> Tennessee ball, it just shows you what words to say. Tennessee doing big things. Uh, Kentucky's lost three in a row. If anybody cares, yeah, uh, suck three in that row Will Kentucky. Levis. Yeah, Will Levis. <laughs> never <do it>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Tennessee wins all around, guys. I am impressed by the Titans. Um, you know, from Tannehill, like you guys said, that defense. That defense has stepped up tremendously, and the coach. You know, the it's just. The Titans are a complete team. Justin says he picked them as a Super Bowl pick. I've got the the pink slip that shows I did the same preseason. So they're kind of coming on strong right in the middle of the year. It'll be interesting to see how they cope with that Derrick Henry loss as the season goes on. But as long as the defense plays this way with Julio and AJ healthy, I really don't see a team that can beat them uh, on any given Sunday. So, you know, hats off to them. Huge win for the Titans. They continue to push. They continue to win. They maintain that lead over the Colts, who had their win on Thursday night. Guys, I want to talk about a different team. This was the weekend of upsets. We could sit here and talk for two hours about all the teams on Saturday and Sunday who were heavy favorites going into the games, who not only just didn't cover, but got outright beat. Uh, another one of those teams, the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys were – Huge favorites over the Denver Broncos. And this game finished 30 to 16. This game was 30 to 0 going into the fourth quarter. 30 to freaking 0. Now, 
the Cowboys had a couple of drive stall on fourth down, down around the 20-yard line. It seems to me that teams this year are going for it more than ever. The Chargers, I think, converted at least two fourth downs to kind of ice that game against the Eagles. So you see it a lot. It's great when it works, and when it doesn't, you're kind of left with the crap that we saw from the Cowboys. I don't know what that was. I don't know if that was just a huge letdown spot, if that was Dak not being healthy. But the Cowboys looked absolutely terrible. They got beat by Teddy Two Gloves and the Pat Shermer offense, which is, I mean, that's saying something. It it really is. Justin, are the Cowboys still the team to beat in the NFC East? Yeah, so obviously I was getting prepped, getting hyped to watch the birds, but I was this is the game I was keeping up with. Every tailgate that had a TV had this game on because everybody knows Philadelphia hates the Cowboys. But I still believe that the Cowboys are obviously the favorite to win the NFC East and are still one of my favorite teams in the NFC in general. Now, this loss, this blowout loss, is what has concerned me and what I thought could happen with Dallas all along is when they're when they're bad they just look really bad. I think the the early season hype and magic that the defense had for this team is starting to just fade away and my favorite player Trayvon Diggs. <laughs> I haven't heard anybody mention Trayvon he, Diggs. He, li- he listens to this podcast too. Oh, I know he does. That's super quiet on the Trayvon Diggs front. But I, I haven't heard anything about Trayvon Diggs. That was the nope. shoe-in defensive player of the year, week four. He was winning defensive player of the year, no questions asked. That dude had so many interceptions. But what the media wasn't showing you was how often he was still getting cooked. He was still getting burnt because that's what he does. He's just good at catching the ball because he's a converted receiver. The dude's a converted receiver. Of course, he catches yeah. the ball well. And it doesn't hurt that Stephon Diggs is your brother who is some of the best hands in the league. Exactly my point. But he's been getting cooked lately. They don't have those extra possessions from all the turnovers he was forcing early in the season. I don't even know when the last time he's had a pick at this point. It was probably like two weeks ago. But the (laughs) point remains. The point remains. They are just – I think the defensive side is fading a little bit. The offense is still all-worldly, all-elite. I think Dak still wasn't completely back. They probably saw a semi-weaker opponent at home. So they, you know, they rolled the dice. It blew up in their face, unfortunately. But yeah, I think I think they'll be all right. I got no concerns about Dallas in the long run, except for you, Trayvon, you son of a gun. <laughs> Trayvon, you son of a gun, Diggs. Look, the Cowboys are going to be fine. It is what it is. Their points were down last week. They didn't have Dak. Dak came back this week. The whole team just kind of seemed disinterested. They kind of caught whatever, you know, they were smoking the same things the Chiefs were smoking. The I don't care about football today joint because that's pretty much how they looked. Zeke, uh, I think he got injured in that game. Um, not sure. We'll have to you know, keep an eye on how that is moving forward. I think Pollard's the better running back, but Zeke has been pretty good for them this year. So, look, they're fine. As long as they have 88 and they got 19 and they got four, I don't care who's hurt. I don't care if the defense gives a 50. That can drop 55 on you any day of the week. The NFC East is trash, garbage, done. So it, it's a lock for them to make the playoffs. It's just a matter of, you know, what's their seeding going to be? If the Packers lose next week, Dallas wins, you know, they can kind of position themselves to kind of try and nab that number one seed, which is going to be really important this year with the new playoff format. So 
it'll be interesting to watch. I think they'll be fine. It was a huge win for a Broncos team and a Broncos defense that can do that from time to time. But, you know, nothing to see there. The Broncos are going to finish dead last in that division, and the Cowboys are going to finish first. So it is what it is. How about them Cowboys? Don't do that. What? Do what? Don't do that. All right, I won't. You, you, you know we, the catchphrase yeah. is too much, dude. It's freaking me out. <laughs> I don't know who you are anymore when we talk about them. It, <sighs> like you just start spouting their little little chants, and it's weird. I feel like I, Rob has a burner account for every <laughs> fan for the NFL. Like Rob, like Justin, we know a lot about the NFL, but like Rob knows the Rob knows like the community feel for a lot of NFL teams. I feel like he just has a burner fan account for every nfl team so that's he, just how he like, just he's in every uh, subreddit for every team he subscribes to every team and he was and he'll, he'll go on each and every group message and just defend those teams when he's not really a that's fan right. but he just he just cares about being right that's all he, <laughs> what it that's, what it comes down to is ego ladies and gentlemen he just cares about being right <laughs> dude i i do i love being right and and I so hope do I. Right. I love it. <laughs> you can, want, if you burn bridges, that's fine. If you're right, that means that you're smart enough to rebuild them. Hey, look, man, I'll burn a bridge. I'll stab you in the back. As long as I'm right, that's all that matters, Dylan. That's Salud. It. Same here. Same Salud. here. Salud. I'm going to take a sip of this coffee because we're getting into my favorite part of the show tonight. Super Bowl picks. It's it's the midway point, guys. We've got to lock it in. We've got to focus. We need to talk Super Bowl predictions do we go? Do we go Super Bowl predictions for each conference? Do we just go, you know, so the the matchup? Or are we going Super Bowl winner? What do you guys think? Uh, I think you got to go matchup. You got to okay. go matchup. Okay. Well, Justin, jump on in with two feet, man. Who do you like in the Super Bowl at this point in the year? Who are your favorite teams to make it there uh, in the Super Bowl? I I can only pick one from each conference. Is that right? We're just doing one. Yeah, sure. Let, let's nail it down. Let's, you know, right. gun, gun to the head. I, I got to ride with my preseason gut and where I put my money. From the AFC, I'm taking the Titans, man. I That might sound crazy. Wow. It might Talk sound about premature. a homer. Hey, tighten up, baby. But <laughs> I, I think even with Henry, I think the way the defense is playing, the way Vrabel has these boys hype, the city's buzzing, I think they have a lot of energy behind them in a weak division. They've already played the Colts twice, but I do believe they still have the Titans again, and I think they play the Jags again. I don't even know if they've played them once, but either way, the division's very weak. I think that gives them a lot of momentum. It kind of gives you those pick-me-up games if you're having an off week or something like that, and I think if they make a decent enough playoff run, they will have the biggest addition anybody could possibly fathom to bring to their team late in a playoff run, and that could be Derrick Henry coming right back. And, you know, what better way to top off a potential Super Bowl run than bringing back one of the best running backs in the league into your lineup? So I'm rolling Titans from the AFC and from the NFC. I have a, This is a tougher one for me. Um, it's definitely a tougher one. I know I've said Green Bay has been my fa- my NFC favorite, but, man, I think, <laughs> I think, I think I'm, ro- I'm rolling with the boys in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think that at the end of the day, Tom Brady is too much to overcome in the playoffs. He's too much to overcome in terms of just being clutch, getting the job done. And I think he's going to do it again. 
I think they meet the Packers as a, in a rematch in the NFC Championship game, but I think he puts the nail in Aaron Rodgers' Green Bay career metaphor coffin and ships that baby downriver because I think he's going to stamp and punch his ticket to the Super Bowl once again, and it's going to be Titans. It's going to be Tampa in a good old-fashioned Super Bowl showdown. That's I mean, those are not those are not bad picks. Those are great picks. Dylan, who you've got to like hearing that. He picked Nashville. Who do you like making it to the Super Bowl at this point? The world is not ready for a Super Bowl to be hosted by the city of Nashville. That would be people would leave their homes and potentially sell their homes <laughs> to come to that festival because we've seen not just from a football standpoint, but just from a community standpoint, if you just get something happening in this city, people are going to come here. You saw what happened when the predators made their Stanley cup run. There were literally people bringing folding chairs and sitting in a damn street for three hours, watching a, um, a game on a, um, on a big tarp. Only reason I know that is because I'm one. Of, I'm one of those people. It was great. <laughs> you saw what it was like when the NFL draft came to Nashville. They didn't even charge for tickets, and yet yeah. they still had over six hundred million dollars in revenue that weekend. I was there for every single day of that game, or every single day of that event. Every every pick, I was there. Just and then everyone saw the unity. And the love and just the all-around just strength when the hurricane hit the city. Oh, I'm sorry, the tornado hit the city. I was like, and, damn, a hurricane? <laughs> no, yeah, not a hurricane. I'm sorry. Yeah, a tornado. Yes, um, everyone, you know, saw the unity, you know, Nashville strong. Everyone coming together, you know, showing love for the city. I mean, can you imagine what it would be like if the Super Bowl came to Nashville? Good God, that – Party buses would have to just refuel hourly for that many people. You know, just, I mean, Hattie's Bees can't cook that many ch- or that much. Ch- they just can't kill that many chickens. They just man. can't cook chickens. Yeah. Yeah. They, they just can't do it. They just, I'm sorry. I'm just getting flustered because I'm even picturing how crazy that would be for this city. And I'm doubling down, man. I'm okay. saying that the Titans make the Super Bowl as well because we're going off right now. What teams are playing good right now? Yep. And right now, it's looking like a week one rematch between the Tennessee Titans and the Arizona Cardinals. Ooh. But it looks like it may have a different outcome if King Henry comes back and the Titans are believing. Again, we talked about it earlier. They, they have an internal belief in the locker room that they know what they're doing and that they're a team. And they believe that. And ladies and gentlemen, sometimes it's really all you need. Just the people next to you saying, I believe. Before this podcast, I got some really great news. And, you know, we we got a little bit of a blueprint on how to grow. And, it, again, that just kind of plays into what's what's happening with the Titans. If you literally just have people next to you and people – in your life and with you that you just believe in and that you know make you better, you know good things are going to happen. And that's how the Titans feel right now. 
They feel like their locker room is tighter than just players, or I guess you can say at that point, coworkers. Like they're like there's a bond there. You see it. You see the unity. You see the appreciation and the love that they have for one another when they're playing. You can legitimately see that. And anyone who watched the Tennessee Titans defense last year, you saw a lot of blown opportunities. This year, you see a team playing for one another. You see Jeffrey Simmons get that pressure so Kenny, Kenny or Kevin Byer can get that interception. You see Harold Landry calling plays and making adjustments just so they can put themselves in the better position. Like, you see that now. And that's also a testament to Vrabel. I mean, they got this team believing, man. So I believe. That's, why, that, <laughs> that's when you hit the Ted Lasso sign. Just believe. You just hit the <laughs> sign. Hit it. Hit it hard. Hit it again. You believe it. Gosh, man. I'm not trying to cut you off. I'm laughing. The title this of this like... podcast should just be believe. <laughs> no, the title of this podcast should be Dylan sucks off the Tennessee Titans for 10 minutes as he gives a Super Bowl pick and well, yeah, doesn't talk the about Titans. the Cardinals at all. The Titans and the Cardinals, because right now the Cardinals are looking a little, you know, uh, I mean, even they just, I mean, they just won. They beat San Fran, which, hell, we can get into another podcast of how that is kind of like, you know, snowballing down quick. But, I mean, yeah. The, a good team beat a bad team. That's traditionally what happens. What's more impressive is that the Cardinals didn't have Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins in this game. They went out with Colt McCoy, looking like old Texas Colt McCoy, you know, doing his thing, throwing the beat down on a bunch of West Coast boys. Like it just, it doesn't matter. Like that. What I mean, yeah, that was impressive. But without Derrick Henry and just giving a physical beat down to an already physical team that was up in your face at the beginning of the game. That's saying something. That's that's a real, again, belief in this team. Tighten up. Tighten up. You made a believer out of me, Dylan. I, I believe, man. Like, I am all in on the Titans now. But you just threw me a curveball, and I'm going to crush it. I got to touch on it. The Niners got smoked. Not just beat. They got smoked by – Embarrassed. Embarrassed by the Cardinals. They had nothing – there was no reason on earth why they should have lost this game. This was a revenge game. They got embarrassed the first time. They find out an hour before kickoff there's no K1. There's no A.J. Green. There's no DeAndre Hopkins. The whole offense was out, man. Literally. Chris Little, your team is trash. I am off the Niners wagon. I hate that team. I you hate that franchise. Drop. That's where it gets personal. Let's it's go. It's personal. I Justin, hate you, you and your team. Matt, you just kidding. Chris, go. just kidding. I love you. Let's I go. hate your team. No, no, no. Listen. I thought, I thought we were making Super Bowl picks. We were. We're off the Are Super Bowl pick picks. It's Niners? elevated to that, Justin. Now it's personal. <laughs> We've gone in our friend group, and now it's Surprise time for other picks. Niners for the Super Bowl. No, I, I got to talk about this. <laughs> This was the hot take that I told you guys about earlier in the week. I completely forgot about it. Thank you, Dylan, for lighting the fire up under my ass. Now I'm pissed. I don't think Kyle Shanahan's good, and I don't think the Niners are good, and I don't think that team is going anywhere. I think the Trey Lance pick was a bad pick, and I think that that team is absolute toast. I saw what I needed to see. You couldn't beat a JV high school team the way you played on Sunday. I just don't think they're good, you guys. And I just – I feel so much better now that it's out in the open. I am off the Niners' wagon. I couldn't get further away from that stench. They stink. 
They stink. They stink like the city of San Francisco with shit all over the streets and heroin needles. That is a garbage franchise. They're not very good. Specifically Jimmy Garoppolo. It's bad. It's not just him. The whole team is bad. You had the return of Kittle and you get destroyed by – I don't even know who played quarterback for the Cardinals, Dylan. That's that okay. I forgot. That's how irrelevant it was. Hook them horns. Ah, sorry. Okay. So listen, gentle listeners, I do have a Super Bowl pick. I'm gonna wrap it up. Take it. Golly, man. We're still going. I feel so much better. But I, I and I'm gonna be contrarian. I almost wanted to agree with you guys. I'm not picking the Titans. I am gonna pick the team that everybody is dumping on right now. The Buffalo Bills. Worst loss of the week, in my opinion. I'm going to stick by Josh Allen. I'm a Josh Allen believer. I'm a believer in Sean McDermott. We're talking about good defenses. I still think the Bills have that. They gave up like eight and a half points and lost. Who cares? Everybody has a stinker. And I'm picking the Cowboys. Cowboys, Bills, book it. That's the Super Bowl. Bro, if if I wasn't a good friend and didn't want you to have to find this moment in which you had to add a bleep, I was going to say F you. Just, just literally, that was it. An unprompt F you. Because that's just. That's awful. That is what? awful. I picked two teams nobody picked. I couldn't pick the Bucks and the Titans. You guys are like, Titans. You know, I couldn't pick Three them. weeks in a row. Three weeks in a row. I have listened to you on my headphones. I've seen your little voice. Thingy on the screen, bob up and down as you're just like bah, 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 to the Cowboys. It's ridiculous. I wrap this up. I'm getting. I like to watch that. I like to watch that Listen. too. Like our voice, uh, our voice monitors. It's it, it, we. I'm not gonna lie, y'all. We pretty intense. Pretty this often. Is, this has gone on long enough, you guys. This has gone on long enough. I wrap gotta it up. Eat. I'm sick of you. We gotta wrap it up. My wife's calling me. His wife's calling him. Miller's staring at you. Miller's this... been concerned this entire podcast because I've been pacing, <laughs> just kind of just yelling into my phone. I look like a psycho. Oh, man. Those those picks were psycho. You guys, this was fun. Maybe we can do it for two hours next week. I know we've all got stuff to do, but as always, thank you for joining me. <sighs> Go Birds, man. Go Birds. Go Birds. Who that? <laughs> Leave a review. <laughs> <laughs>